Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. Given the recent changes and regulations to mitigate the spread of both the Asian citrus ciliad as well as the Wana long bean disease and exotic fruit flies, there is an updated pest and disease management page now on the California Citrus Mutual website. The page includes the most up-to-date information from the California Department of Food and Agriculture regarding fruit fly and HLB quarantines, requirements, and resources. The California Citrus Mutual will continue to monitor major pests and concerns to citrus in California and keep their page as up to date as possible. You can find that on the CACitrusMutual.com website. And CDFA has also recently released a fruit fly frequently asked questions document. That document can be found on the CDFA website. According to the Almond Board of California, U.S. almonds are a nutrient-rich food packed with protein, fiber, vitamin E, calcium, copper, magnesium, and riboflavin. All commercially produced almonds in the United States are grown in California, which is home to more than 7,000 almond growers and processors. The popular tree nut considered a specialty crop in the agriculture industry is the state's leading agricultural export. In 2022, U.S. almond exports to the world totaled $4.5 billion. The tree nut is also heavily rooted in many family trees as almond farming is a family-driven agricultural industry in California. About 90% of almonds are grown by family operators, many of which are multi-generational, according to Julie Adams, Vice President of Global Technical and Regulatory Affairs for the Almond Board of California. In a recent conversation, she said communities throughout the Central Valley depend on ag in general and almonds in particular to contribute to their overall economic well-being. For these family operations in California, overseas markets have become a critical component to their success and bottom line. An astounding two-thirds of California's almonds are exported, so no matter how you crack it, almond exports are a crucial portion of revenue for California producers, and keeping strong and diverse market opportunities is essential to long-term profitability, she said, especially in the Central Valley, where many communities have been suffering the economic effects of increasing crop input costs and lower returns. This is where USA's Foreign Agricultural Service comes into play for almond exporters and the Almond Board of California. FAS, with its network of offices and attaches around the world, helps open and expand markets for U.S. agricultural exports. For example, just recently, FAS identified fresh market opportunities in Italy and Bulgaria. Through its close partnerships with U.S. cooperators, including the Almond Board of California and foreign buyers, California almond exports to Italy and Bulgaria in 2024 are expected to grow by millions of dollars. India is another almond market with growth opportunities. Last year, India removed retaliatory tariffs on U.S. almonds and other products. The impact of removing that trade barrier is already being seen in the export market, and the value of U.S. almond exports to India is expected to reach $1 billion in 2024, according to the organization. USDA also recognizes that for agribusinesses, especially small businesses, entering the export market can be a tough nut to crack. That is why FAS works closely with state and regional agricultural trade 
groups to help U.S. agribusiness owners grow their company's revenue through exporting. One way of doing this is through USA's market development programs like the Foreign Market Development Program and Market Access Program. FAS also just announced MAP and FMD funding allocations for fiscal year 24, which will have immediate impact on helping expand U.S. exports to markets across the globe, according to FAS. The latest USA orange production forecast for the country shows a rise from previous surveys. But where is the increase coming from? Here's USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. An estimated 2% increase in total oranges produced in the U.S. this month is expected to raise production up 12% from 2022-23's final utilization. Mark Hudson of USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service says, interestingly, the breakdown from his home state, Florida, shows... There's no change from previous month. In fact, our estimate of 7.5 million boxes of non-Valencias and 13 million boxes of Valencia oranges are the same now as they were in October for our first forecast. It seems like the size and the drop is kind of holding steady and we run a regression so we think we're in a pretty good spot. The all-orange production number rose thanks to quarterly reports coming in on both California's and Texas's crops. Orange production in the Golden State is forecasted up 3% from the previous one. And the Lone Star State's all-orange totals are up an estimated 19% in that same time period. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Western Grower members are invited to connect with Canadian Produce Marketing Association Chair Colin Chapdelaine and CPMA staff at the organization's upcoming town hall and reception that will be held in Salinas. The agenda will include an update on a Canadian market, plastics and PLU stickers. There will be regulatory updates on things such as forced labor, supply chain issues, safe food for Canadian acts review, grades and consultations. There will be data on Canadian market trends and information on the upcoming CPMA convention and trade show, as well as a featured buyers panel with interactive discussions on top issues, trends and a 2024 landscape. The town hall will be on Tuesday, January 30th from 3 to 5 p.m. and will take place at the Taylor Farms classroom on the third floor in Salinas. The event is free to attend, but it does require pre-registration as seating is limited. You are welcome to bring friends and colleagues. For more information and to register, contact Western Growers. Fowler, California-based B-Sweet Citrus says it has an assortment of specialty citrus varieties available for shoppers looking to incorporate fresh produce into their New Year's resolutions. Every winter, shoppers flock to produce aisles looking for fresh ingredients to implement into their new health-focused resolutions. That according to Monique Mueller, Director of Communications for B-Sweet Citrus, in a news release. At B-Sweet Citrus, they have an assortment of winter citrus varieties that will entice shoppers to utilize citrus in their meals and try something new, she said. B-Sweet Citrus has navel oranges, lemons, grapefruit, Meyer lemons, and mandarins available now for its customers. The company also has an assortment of specialty citrus varieties such as pomelos, caracara oranges, and royal red oranges available for the season. All varieties have diverse flavor profiles, making them an excellent fit for different shoppers and their unique lifestyles, according to the release. In addition to the nutritional benefits that citrus offers, their customers can capitalize on upcoming holidays such as the Chinese New Year Day and Valentine's Day to market the citrus category. During the Chinese New Year, pomelos are often consumed for good luck, and the pink and reddish hues of their caracaras and royal red oranges are perfect for vibrant Valentine's Day meals and desserts. The company says it's also started shipping heirloom navels and mineola tangelos. 
We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. As growers in California, Texas, and other citrus growing states have been introduced to the horrors of Huanglongbing or HLB, growers have scrambled to find ways to mitigate the effects of this disease on their trees. While things like pest management are obvious, nutrition is also an extremely important factor in keeping trees healthy and less susceptible to HLB. CCA and certified professional agronomist J.W. Lemons with Verdesian Life Sciences discussed how a good nutrition program can help protect trees, saying that all plants, no matter what type, need to be healthy to combat pest and disease pressures. HLB has been extremely devastating because we didn't have a cure, and we still don't really have a cure. Um, we've had to live with it and watch, you know, up to 80% of the citrus in Florida disappear. We've got a better handle on it now, but we're still not there. We're still not there to cure. So knowing that and knowing that it's coming in this direction, I, I feel it's really important for growers to understand that that's one of the things that we've used to combat uh, HLB nutrition. Putting the appropriate amount of nutrition into the plant when the plant needs it, it's, it's various growth stages, um, is is critical if we're going to continue to produce fruit. I know of, of um, groves right now of orange orange trees out there that have had the yeast for over 10 years and they're still producing good quality fruit. The only way that they can do that is to adjust the nutrition and and make up for some of the, the weaknesses that these cause in the tree. Uh, researchers stumped. Uh, they couldn't come up with a chemical or a biostimulant um, or just increasing nutrition um, to solve this problem. So a lot of us started trials years ago and started various combinations of, of fertilizers, nutrients, if you will, to try and see what we could do. Could we prolong the life of that tree? We couldn't or HLB, but maybe we could make that tree so healthy that it would continue to produce for a longer period of time rather than just dwindle away uh, within two or three years and have to be put. Lemons has always been a firm believer in a plant's ability to resist pest pressure and disease, and it really just comes down to a science, he said. Plants have a, a system of systemic acquired resistance, SAR. And in the science world, it's, a, it's common um, knowledge that each plant has an ability, an inherent ability, uh, when it's attacked, to induce a defense system within itself. Um, I don't think we take enough advantage of that because, the, you know, Mother Nature's smarter than all of us put together. And she gave these plants this ability 
so it, it becomes a long lasting protection against broad spectrum of microorganisms or pathogens that attack that tree. Um, and without going into detail on the science, it basically, once it's attacked within the plant, certain molecules are produced and, and accumulate around the area, the disease or where it's been attacked, right, fight it off on its own. Where we're at with citrus, um, healthy plant can utilize this resistance system much better because it is healthy. It's, it's producing the sugars and the energies, uh, the ATP, everything that the plant needs to survive. So a grower with a good balanced nutrition program um, enhance that plant's ability to set fruit, set flowers, uh, produce a, a higher quality fruit, and get the sugars in there because greening disease, you don't get the color first off on the, on the fruit that you need and you don't get the sugars in it. It's a very bitter fruit, but we've overcame that with good nutrition program, produce good orange juice, uh, even if the tree's infected. In terms of specific nutrition that is beneficial to citrus trees in preventing stress, nutrition research has pointed to moving away from the industry standard high chloride mixes and incorporating more potassium nitrate into nutritional programs for citrus. Lemons explained why potassium and nitrate especially are helpful to the tree, saying that they're probably the most important micronutrients to a tree's growth and fruit production. Well, both those nutrients are macronutrients and needed by every plant out there. It's need those on a very large scale, probably number one and two of all nutrition that goes into creating a crop or producing a crop. It takes a lot of nitrogen, nitrogen being the most important and about 85% of the nitrogen utilized by a plant is in the nitrate form. So nitrogen applied to the soil has to convert into that to be taken up um, on a large scale. So with potassium nitrate being a nitrate source of nitrogen, um, it has the potassium in it as well. So we've got the one-two punch there of two macronutrients. But the nitrate is in a, in a readily available form. So the plant doesn't have, have to work nearly as hard to take it up and create what it needs to create inside itself, energy it needs to grow fruit. With that in mind, you think about anything. If it's unhealthy, it may not take up nutrients. You're talking about plants not take up nutrients out of the soil very well. HLB is extremely devastating in that it reduces or restricts the amount of nutrients and water that can get into the plant. However, if you put a form in there, readily available and easy to take in, then the chances are, and the fact is that it does take more nitrogen in um, than it would if it were in a different form. The other key to that is that the nitrates, NO3, the material itself, the fertilizer itself, has a negative charge. 
and it's very well well established and attracted and takes up into the plant very easily. But because it's a negative charge, it attracts positive charge well. So if you've got your potassium nitrate going in, then it's going to want to pull in all of your other micronutrients have a positive charge, such as your, your calciums and your uh, mag magnesiums, your um, irons, zincs, all of those critical essential um, micronutrients are pulled right in there with it because it's so readily available. So it really is a, a good combination for overall plant health. Not the complete answer, but it is a, it is a good tool. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. This segment was sponsored by Polymer Ag, makers of Anti-Stress 550, the climate stress solution. Find out more at polymerag.com. CHS and Growmark, two of the nation's largest farmer cooperatives, have announced they're formally working together to identify opportunities for the two cooperatives to further collaborate. According to CHS, the teams will review all available options, which could range from maintaining a status quo to a merger or anything in between. There are no predetermined goals. The company announced the conversations to be fully transparent with the cooperative's member owners. Once leadership has developed a plan for moving forward, input from co-op members may be a key part of implementing implementation, especially if the ultimate proposal requires a formal vote from ownership. CHS is the largest farmer-owned cooperative in the U.S. Growmark is the fourth largest, according to National Cooperative Bank. House Speaker Mike Johnson says he won't rip up the top-line spending deal he struck with Senate Democrats despite pressure from hardline conservatives to scrap the plan for deeper cuts. But USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack still has concerns. Johnson says weeks of negotiations with top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer produced billions in hard-won cuts to the IRS and clawback of COVID funds in a bid to avert two shutdown deadlines. The first is next Friday, which would affect USDA. GOP hardliners demanded bigger cuts and border policy changes, but Johnson says he'll stay the course to let appropriators start finishing the spending bills, though that may take another funding extension or a continuing resolution. Vilsack is arguing against a long CR and a full funding of women, infants, and children or WIC nutrition programs. If Congress were to pass a continuing resolution and not a full-year appropriation, we would be confronted with major shortages at the end of the fiscal year. If Congress were to fund the program at the current lower continuing resolution level for the remaining months of the fiscal year, it would result in a billion-dollar shortfall. Vilsack is lobbying lawmakers for $1.4 billion to meet increased WIC demand and if funds run out early due to faster spending. It would be the equivalent of one and a half months of benefits for all program beneficiaries. In other words, we would run out of money a month and a half before the end of the fiscal year. To put it in a slightly different way, the $1 billion shortfall equals the estimated cost of providing six months of benefits to all pregnant women and infants participating in WIC. Vilsack says many states would have to consider implementing waiting lists for applicants to reduce costs. But the House and Senate must still reach an agreement on full-year spending bills, a challenge given House hardliners haven't given up their fight for bigger cuts and conservative policy writers. 
The U.S. Court of Appeals in the 11th Circuit dismissed a case involving the Hunt Refining Company and the Environmental Protection Agency. The court ruled that the small refinery exemption challenge brought by Hunt under the Renewable Fuel Standard couldn't be heard by the court and should be heard instead by the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score says the 11th Circuit Court validated what's already known. EPA's denials of these SRE petitions were nationally applicable and have nationwide effect, and challenges to the denials have only been brought to the D.C. Circuit Court. She says every time refiners seek to take RFS gallons out of the marketplace, that potentially impacts the entire renewable fuels market, no matter where those gallons get blended. She also says the 11th Circuit Court rightly removed itself from the challenges and avoided contributing to a potential patchwork of inconsistent standards. While it may be easy to overlook, an essential part of family farming that demands attention is succession planning. So says Jolene Brown, a succession planning expert. She sheds light on the critical role it plays within family farms and the potential repercussions if not properly addressed. So they need something legal. They need it revised. They need it in writing and it needs to be transparent and shared. But even those documents have to be updated. Things change along the way. It's so important to say, if something happened to me today, what happens right now? And one of the women I visited with here, I need to talk with her more. Because if something happened to her husband right now, she has no security at all. Uh, She's a second wife. Everything was done before this second marriage. And she's been married now for 20 years. Nothing changed from the first will. It was ironic. I also had a man who passed away, and he hadn't changed his will, and everything went to his ex-wife. He forgot to take her off as a beneficiary of her policies. So the, the gratitude needs to come in. The celebration, being so grateful for what you have and the opportunity to pass it on with the right people doing the right thing. The importance of having a succession plan for the family farm, Brown says, is crucial to ensure its legacy continues for generations to come. Van Veld Packaging will showcase its latest folding and solid cardboard packaging solutions at Fruit Logistica, the international trade show for the fruit and vegetable sector. Van Veld Systems will also be present with some impressive packaging machines, according to the Belgian company. Van Veld Packaging will showcase its latest folding and solid cardboard packaging solutions at Fruit Logistica, the international trade show for the fruit and vegetable sector. Van Veld Systems will also be present with some packaging machines, according to the Belgian company. Packaging and safely transporting fresh produce is no longer a mystery for Van Develde Packaging. The company says with its folding cardboard solutions, it's long offered a successful formula to the food and non-food sectors. They said you can easily fold the light yet sturdy material into any desired shape. As far as printing, folding cardboard proves extremely flexible for that too. It's easy to customize in line with the customer's branding. And to make the boxes extra appealing, they can be finished with a gloss varnish, embossing foil printing, or combinations with windows for moisture protection, according to the company. Along with the folding cardboard packaging, solid cardboard has been a reliable choice to store, preserve, and transport fresh and frozen food for years. Solid cardboard packaging especially benefits foodstuff that must be transported far away. And as for the refrigerated environments, the company says that the packaging is sturdy and excellent at withstanding cold and moisture. It's also 100% recyclable, making it environmentally friendly. In the January issue, Grape and Wine Magazine, 
Brothers Steve and Mike Sandiacomo recently concluded a challenging yet successful wine grape harvest at their Sonoma-based Sandiacomo family vineyards. Despite initial threats from rain events and cool temperatures, heat spikes in September and October improved grape quality, resulting in what Steve anticipates to be an exceptional vintage. Their third-generation farming operation, spanning over 50 years, has earned acclaim for producing premium Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes, now cultivating one 600 acres across 15 vineyards in key Californian wine regions. Esteemed by industry peers, the Sangiacomos were recognized as the 2024 Grower of the Year by the California Association of Wine Grape Growers for their sustainable practices, innovation, and community engagement. The Sangiacomo family legacy began in 1927 with Italian immigrant Vittorio Sangiacomo, who initially farmed pears before transitioning to vineyards in 1969. Today, Mike, Steve, and their sister Mia Pucci continue to lead the operation, focusing on both grape cultivation and winemaking. Their recent foray into winemaking has added a new dimension to their business, offering tastings and tours while maintaining a commitment to quality and sustainability. They achieved 100% sustainable certification in 2015 and actively engage in practices like water conservation and soil management. Looking forward, the Sandia Comos aim to continue evolving their vineyard and wine brand, exploring further learning opportunities, including a potential visit to their ancestral homeland in Italy for insights into traditional wine grape growing. To read the complete article written by Catherine Merlot, please visit grapeandwinemag.com. This is Jason Scott reporting for My Ag Life. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that shows you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.